Hey, what's going on, everyone? Good morning. This is the Maple Leafs Combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. I'm Norm, along with Mike. It is Sunday, September 26th, 2021. We're rejoicing because the Maple Leafs atone for their series loss <laughs> yes. to the Habs last spring with a 4-1 preseason victory over Le Rat. All is good. Yeah. All is forgotten. No, 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 nothing says nothing says uh, you know revenge for the game seven loss than a meaningless preseason victory. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, at this point we'll take it because oh, this yeah. is what's going on. Living living in the moment and not dredging up terrible memories from the past yeah. constantly. Uh, it was fun to see the Leafs back on the ice at Air, or Scotiabank Arena with a crowd. Uh, yeah. That was fun. And then, you know, watching William Nylander pick up where he l left off with just really terrific play. Looks like he's uh, in some serious command. Watching John Tavares score a goal. Here's a guy who uh, has some things to uh, accomplish uh, for, for many reasons this season to come. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the nice little stories uh, like this uh, Gabriel kid who, um, Curtis Gabriel, who, Always well, wanted to play for the Maple Leafs and scored a goal in a, in a, in a preseason contest against the Habs. In the moment, it was great to see, and it's nice to have hockey back in some way, shape, or form. Well, and starting starting off, like you know, I, I I know that the narrative is always you know let's try to get back to normal, and having ten thousand people at Scotiabank Arena was a sign of normalcy, and me being back in Canada. Uh, on Friday, which we'll talk about in a minute, was another sign of normalcy. Um, obviously, you would rather have the Game 7 victory than a victory on September 25th. Um, but, you know, we'll take, like you said, we'll take what we get. And the most encouraging thing about last night was John Tavares looking like John Tavares. Um, I think, you know, after that horrible injury that occurred in Game 1 of the the first round series and him being knocked out for the series. I think he sort of has a renewed purpose. Um, and he, it's been talked about a couple times. He had a bunch of players that were Toronto based uh, out to his, I guess, cottage in cottage country for a couple weeks where, you know, they, he's sort of like, you know, like it was, workouts and things of that nature, but also let's get all on the same page. And, you know, really, I, the one thing that's been stressed by Kyle Dubas, by Sheldon Keefe, by the players, is this is a, this is a uh, you know crap or get off the pot year, because if they do lose, if they don't make the playoffs or they lose in the first round, I think you're going to see you know players off this roster traded. You're going to see mm -hmm. Kyle Dubas pro and Brendan Shanahan and Sheldon Keefe probably gone. So they know that the, there's there's importance to this season, not only the making the playoffs, but you know, for first, the first step is making the playoffs, then having success in the playoffs. So I think that, that, that focus is there. Um, but last night, and we'll talk about individual players besides Tavares, you know, I, I mean, Neil, if Neilander can play like he plays in the games that he's really good in all the time, he'd be one of the ten, 10 best forwards in the NHL. The problem is he plays like he did last night or he plays like he did in certain playoff games, and then he's a ghost. He disappears. <laughs> if, 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 with, if with age, with experience, consistency comes, then nobody will have any criticisms of William Nylander. He is extremely talented. It's mm -hmm. just 
that it it, it go it, like his dad, and I, I'm old enough to remember his dad playing in the NHL. He was you know called the Swedish Gretzky. He was great, and then you didn't find him, and then he was great again, and then he disappeared. That they need consistency more than ever. They need consistency out of William Nylander because the depth on this team is questionable compared to other other years. I don't want to belabor the Nylander talk for, yeah. for too long. He was great in last year's playoff. Mm-hmm. He had some struggles in playoffs prior to that, um, some glaring issues, some glaring moments, giving pucks away, shooting pucks off the back of goalies' legs and stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. didn't lend to the idea that the guy was the greatest player on earth. However, coming off that playoff and being the leader that he was and starting the preseason seamlessly – do you think that uh, number 88 can be a guy that we are not having conversations about uh, going from Jekyll to Hyde and back this season? Maybe this is a season where, you know what, he really becomes um, that <clears throat> number one, two kind of guy on the team and not just analytically. I mean, in the zone entries and, you know, how much he has the puck and, you know, ex- expected goals and stuff like that. But you know, really, really putting up a huge statistical season and leading by example, maybe this is the time. Well, I mean, history would say no, but, you know, players can change as they, like I said, as they get older. Um, what will be interesting is how uh, Sheldon Keefe decides to, you know, sort of split up his lines. I mean, right now, the, you know, they're going to experiment with combinations and more than likely you're going to see Matthews and Marner and Tavares and Neander, and then whoever played the left side, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But like last night, they played Ilya Mikheyev with Kerfoot and Neander. And you know, will they put Neander on a separate? Because remember, he did all that in the playoffs last year without John Tavares. It was like he was the one who was running that line. It was Galchenyuk, Kerfoot, yep. and Neander, and Neander was the guy who yep. everything funneled through. So yep. will they will will they try to diversify their offense by making by putting Neander on another line and have Tavares mm-hmm. play with other players <clears> to sort of you know bring them up to a certain level? That'll be interesting to see because you know. Um, it could be. I really do think with the with the the depth at forward and the different combinations that they have, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching, uh, at least earlier in the season, to see where you know where things fit. This is the Leafs combo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. I'm Norm, along with Mike. Uh, we are streaming live right now. If you're just picking us up, watch the rest of it, then catch the beginning because the beginning of this podcast is essential to your life if you want to watch our ugly mugs in action well, you can and then you can yeah and then you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform uh, a bit later on just a bit of a roll call uh, nascar 427 is here uh seve cdc is here chris daniels i love this uh, a good way to start sunday morning watch the kids and listen to you guys talk maple leafs chris uh, glad to have you will 85 is here tony soprano yeah, Tony, Dubas is going down with the ship. Yeah, Tony Sopra- Tony Soprano must be a Dallas Stars fan because he he says you can trade Neilander to Dallas if you don't want him, we'll take him. Yeah, just give uh-huh. us just give us Miro Heiskanen and then we'll call it a day. There you go. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get derailed too much, but Johnny, I'm sure you guys will touch on Morgan's comments. Culture set by Kyle. 
You know what he's talking about? Well, I'm, I mean, uh, by Morgan's comments, I'm assuming he means what uh, Morgan Riley and Dubas said at the media avail the uh, opening of training camp on Wednesday, where they mm -hmm. they, they want to keep the private the, the talk about the contract extension private and not well. Good luck because um, unless there's an edict saying from Morgan Riley saying at the beginning of the year, you know, but by the beginning of the year, if the contract isn't signed, you know, I'm just going to, we're just going to play out the season, that type of thing, which we've heard with other free agents before it's going to be brought up <clears throat> every, in every media scrum, any, 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 uh, you know, any progress on the contract. Well, well, that's between JP Barry and, and Kyle Dubas. That's not good enough. People mm -hmm. want to know. And honestly, the history of this team is to allow their players to walk in free agency. I don't think they can let Morgan Riley walk to free agency. Now, Morgan Riley, if he's asking for $9 million, then he's walking in free agency because he's not worth $9 million. bucks. He's not worth what uh, – and, and any player is worth what they can get, but – the organ, the Leafs are not going to pay him nine million bucks. They're not going to probably pay him eight million bucks. They might pay him seven, seven and a half, which is probably right where you know he. I think he slots in. But if he's looking to hit a big in free agency, I you know I or if he's looking to hit a big number, the way the team is currently constituted, they can't pay him. So mm -hmm. that's, you know we'll see. Well, Morgan Riley and his team have a decision to make, right? push it this season, um, hope to be overpaid somewhere, make his one big, big contract because he won't get another massive contract mm. or settle into being a, a leaf for life, make a whole shitload of money and stay on board this team and see it through. The choices don't sound simple because there's a lot of complexity to, you know, what ifs and how can you? But really, it is simple. Stay with the Maple Leafs, be the stalwart, you know, go down in history or not, or play through this season, um, deal with the bullshit every day, all the questions, and, you know, push it to a point where um, you become uh, detached from the organization, the only organization you've ever known. And um, you're out there hoping that, uh, you know, going that direction will reap a, a huge financial benefit. You make your money, go play on another team. Maybe it's a great team, maybe it's not. But hey, you had your time with the Maple Leafs and then um, you gave yourself an opportunity to make that kind of money that you feel like you deserve. And, well, and you do what a lot of uh, uh, professionals do. They, 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 they expend um, you know, a, a tenure and then they, they go sign the big one. At, and from there, uh, who knows what the hell happens next? Well, I, I, you know, I, I know that I know that Matt, uh, that Matthews that Riley referred to the negotiations as uh, he he referred to it as, as having to do something with business like a business decision, mm -hmm. um, because clearly from his comments from in the past and currently he wants to stay in Toronto, but so did Zach Hyman. The Leafs mm -hmm. could not make it work with Zach Hyman in terms of paying him five and a half million over seven years. They their amount was less. So they couldn't do it. Again, I think it's going to come down to, and we're not going to know this until the end of the year. They may negotiate yeah. with them after the season and before free agency, but it's probably going to come down, come down to, can you pay four forwards 40 million bucks 
and pay a number one defenseman. And he's not the prototypical number one. He's probably on a great team as a number two. But you can't replace him. There, I, I haven't looked at the free agent class for defense, but Morgan Riley is probably the best one in the free agent class. Mm-hmm. You know, Colton mm-hmm. Braco would have been, uh, but he was signed. Um, there, there are not much better in this free agent class, which means he's going to get overpaid. And he knows that. And the thing is, if he, want, if he wants to go to a team like Los Angeles or something like that, who can probably afford to pay him eight, eight and a half million bucks, then he's gone. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think there are other things that the, this team has to worry about in the here and the now more than Morgan Riley's contract situation, which we'll talk about now. Really? Really? I mean, we, you believe that they should sign him. Yes. You'd like to see him stay. Yes, it doesn't appear that there is a replacement on the horizon. And you know, talking about Rasmus Sandin and some of the younger guys, that's not the point. Guys like Sandin um, and, and Brody and um, whomever else you can surround a guy like Morgan Riley with, yep, and vice versa, Morgan Riley supporting them. You need a collective of top-notch talent back on the blue line to accomplish anything in this league. You can't. You can't be you can't accept watching a stalwart like Riley go, and then turn around and say, "Well, Sandin will fill his skate." That's <laughs> you're not going to win a Stanley Cup with one good defenseman. So the point here is, how do you retain him and keep the the fabulous four in place and continue to build? The reason I I I believe it's on Riley to to pick a a direction for his career is because this this Fantastic Four appears immovable. It, I, I mean, not no one is, um, no one is, uh, you know, uh, guarded fully against being traded. However, the way Kyle Dubas is operating, I mean, he's he's put everything he has into these guys, and it doesn't look like he wants to trade, you know, a Nylander because he's the easiest guy to go. We. We know that Marner isn't an easy trade, even though some uh, OGs and Converts believe he's, he can easily just move him out. I mean, that remains to be seen, but I don't believe so. So um, the Leafs are, are it's a ride or die with these guys. So it's the it's not like there's going to be an, a, an abundance of cash uh, awaiting Riley and his team to, to welcome them back into the fray for another, you know, six, seven years. Riley's going to have to pick. Is he going to go for the big money? Or is he going to take a bit of a haircut and stay with this team and see it through? That's why I look. I, I believe it's truly on him, and you know, I, I still feel like it's going to be a, a an issue that's in the back of everyone's mind, sometimes front and center, depending on uh, how Morgan Riley plays on that given day. I want to ask you about this Curtis Gabriel guy. Yep, doesn't seem. I'm not saying he's some, you know, star in the making or uh, flash in the pan either. However. Watching a guy like that reminds me of some of these dudes we would see uh, appear with the Maple Leafs for a short time during these training camp runs in years past or get everybody out of their seats. And in that moment for that player in particular, mm-hmm. um, it's a big it's a big deal. It was nice to see somebody who was out there oblivious to the pressures and the failures um, of recent past that hang over this organization, just go out there, don the the blue and white, get into a fight, um, you know, play the game, score a goal, enjoy the moment. It brought me back a little bit and 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 reminded me, you know, 
um, there are some joys to this game, even though we feel like there, you know, there's a, a lot of sadness. Well, I mean, Curtis Gabriel is a, is a spark plug. I mean, he, you know, he has a, last year he was with San Jose and had a big social media presence and, you know, got a lot of attention and, you know, he's been a journeyman player. He's played with Minnesota and New Jersey and San Jose. And, you know, he's somebody who came in on a veteran minimum contract and, you know, could be the 13th forward, but more than likely, you know, somebody who clears waivers and goes to the Marlies. And when they play a team like Ottawa or a team <clears throat> tries to get physical with them, he could be somebody who comes up and gets, gets plugged in on a, on a fourth line. Yeah. I mean, I know that I think it was Jason Spezza or Jake Muzzin that said something like he, you know, he's a guy who protects players and he's somebody who's a good teammate and, you know, there might be a place for him, but the roster is so, I mean, they've got so many options when it comes to forwards and, Obviously, they're right up against the cap, so I don't know if they're going to be able to carry any more than 13 forwards, and mm -hmm. I don't know whether Gabriel – I mean, maybe he's the 13th forward, but other players might be at risk of getting claimed on waivers, and I don't think that he's going to be somebody who does get claimed. So I think he's sort of a standby guy, but a guy that – you know, he wears number 29. I don't know if you remember, Norm. Remember Brad Smith, Motor City Smitty back mm -hmm. in the, back in the yeah. 80s? He, wore the, he wears the same number. He he gives the same vibe. He's that, you know, yeah. heartbeat, pulse type of guy. And, uh, you know, you need those players. But I just don't know whether um, he's going to be an option in terms of somebody who plays on the fourth line. You know, maybe in certain instances, but I don't know if, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis whether that will happen. It was nice to see a player enjoying himself in blue and white for reasons unattached to the past and the future. Living in the moment, playing in the moment, enjoying the moment, and, and acting as if that moment is the one and only thing that he'll ever get a chance to um, be a part of when it comes to the Maple Leafs. That was just fun to watch and a reminder that, you know, the game continues on. And there will be new positive stories to uh, be excited about. So that was nice. Uh, Leafs Montreal on Monday. It's preseason. Are you, I mean, obviously you're probably a different uh, complexion of, of players, uh, at least in a, to, a, to a degree. Anything that you're hoping to see from, from the second game of the preseason? Well, okay. Based on what we saw last night, I mean, obviously the, what they'll do is that the players who didn't play last night are going to play on Monday. Last night you saw, and I think that some of the things that I saw at practice on Friday, and they used the same lines in the uh, in the in in the game on Saturday. So uh, some of the other lines and the other group that'll play will be uh, on the ice and. One of them is uh, on Saturday was Michael Bunting playing with John Tavares and Josh Jose. Um, Bunting is another player like you were talking about, a Toronto kid, wanted to play for the Leafs, <coughs> came in on a two-year deal, took uh, maybe a little less to play for, you know, play in front, of, play close to home, and um, play for a team that he's wanted to play for for a long time. He looks like a really good fit with Tavares. Um, speedy, goes to the front of the net, um, doesn't shy away. I don't think any, there's anybody on this roster who's going to replace every aspect of what Zach Hyman was. But Bunting looks like he's going to get an opportunity to play on that 
second line with Tavares. Um, Hosang, who everybody knows is an incredible talent, but is just I think was in the wrong. Still, is he still an incredible he, talent? He showed he showed he's some a fourteen draft, but seven years ago. Right? Yeah, but he showed some stuff last night, and I think you know, know he's he's looking to restart his career after being sure. in the Islanders organization after sort of being stifled by Lou Lamorello because he didn't conform to what the Islanders wanted. Um, you know, maybe he's everything. All the talk is good in terms of. He's grown up, he's learned his lesson, he's ready to do what he needs to do to, to continue his career. You know, I do, do I think that he's going to make the Leafs? No. Do I think he's going to earn a, maybe an AHL, an AHL contract and play with the Marlies? Yeah, it's a no risk. Why not? Let's. And if he plays well and he, he not dominates, but if he does good in the American League, yeah. then he earns an NHL contract and they found themselves, a, you know, somebody off the scrap heap like they did with Alex Galchenyuk last year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the other blaming another, are we blaming another player's failure on Lou? Well, no, I mean, he's, he clearly, I mean, okay. There was, there was some things with Hosang where he didn't toe the line of what the organization wanted him to do. And it wasn't, it was, that was even happening before Lou, but when Lou got there, that was basically the end of it for him. He was, they wouldn't even work out pretty well for the Islanders. They wouldn't even let him play in the American Hockey League in their for their team. They loaned him out to another American Hockey League team. So you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. Lou is branded team. right. You get branded by right. Lou, and that's the, that's the end of it. But it, but that's the thing. See, well, it's it's he's um, being um, suppressed and not given an opportunity. And you know, look the way he was treated. Time to move to another organization, and right. that's where he is now. And he's perhaps Hosang can find something with the blue and white, but you, you're right though, Mike. It's not likely that he makes the opening night roster. And if he truly does want to reinvigorate his career and get back on the right path, being in the minor leagues with a team like the Maple Leafs that'll probably have a, a spot for him at some point um, is is a good idea. Let's and, see if he can continue to run with it. And he said, and he said the right things. Like if they want me to play in the ECHL, I'll do it. He he just he just That's good. Yeah. I yeah, like it. That sounds good. Start. And you know what? For a kid, and Steve Simmons wrote a column about this a couple days ago. For a kid at age 14 who was on par with Connor McDavid in terms of his ability, um, you know, in, in, in the I think it was in the GTHL. A lot of players probably. Lot of, yeah, you're right. And, and, and as they grow, they change. But he was a first-round pick. He had an unbelievable ability. I saw him play junior. He was great in junior. Um, when he's been given an opportunity in the American Hockey League, uh, he has scored at times. And even I saw him play a few games for the Islanders, and he looked good. So, um, yeah, this is a restart, and if they give him an opportunity, and I think it'll be with the Marlies, um, then we could see something. But uh, in the chat, they're talking about bunting. Uh, yeah, the, the one concern about Michael bunting is 26 games of NHL experience um, and age 26. Now, thing is, and – Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe know him because they coached him for two years. Or Sheldon Keefe coached him for two years in the field. Um, you don't know whether that streak at the end of last season with the Coyotes was for real. But they did put him in scoring situations. They did have him playing, I think, with Christian Dvorak and, and Phil Kessel. And he did score 10 goals in 20, 21 games. You put him with Tavares. Tavares is going to set him up for stuff. And he scored a goal yesterday. I, you know, <clears throat> I, I like his, you know, his energy and his willingness to go where you need to go. So I think they're going to give him an opportunity. But that's the whole thing. The 
they're going to give lots of players opportunity. They uh, at practice on on Friday they used Nick Ritchie with uh, Adam Brooks, who's the Austin Matthews replacement during the preseason, and Mitch Marner. Which means when the season starts, it's possible that they're going to have Ritchie on the left wing with with Matthews and Marner. Now, I you know Nick, I lo- I like the aspects what Nick Ritchie brings to this team. The size he's he doesn't shy away from the physicality. He goes in the corners. He stands in front of the net. The problem might be he's just too slow for that top line. Now, they're going to find that out. They're going to see how that works because they played Joe Thornton on that top line, and Richie's faster than him. So can can those two great players compensate for what Richie brings? Because he brings different things to that line than Hyman does. He, you know, I, I think he will act as a sort of deterrent to people trying to take – um, some physical uh, liberties with Marner and Matthews. Uh, if he goes to the front of the net and he's tough to handle, then that's one less player that's going to uh, you know impede Matthews and Marner in the offensive zone. All these things, if they if they get if they go with this, it may not work. But I think they're they're sort of just going to toy with these ideas and test them out in preseason and maybe early in the regular season. Just a couple things there. Um... Joe playing on the top line was more ceremonial than functional. That's the way it turned out. So uh, that it was great. It was nice to have Joe as part of the organization. It's too bad they couldn't go on a deeper run with him while he was here. Um, but Joe Thornton can say he played for the Maple Leafs, and Leafs fans can say that St. Joe, future Hall of Famer, one of the greats, at least uh, in this generation, uh, played with the Blue and White. So that was lots of fun. The, the core four, the fantastic four, those are your guys – um, they've moved some players out, brought some players in. Uh, you still have uh, a nice group of, of support um, personnel that we know and can trust. Other than what I just mentioned, how, how can the Maple Leafs this season change the dynamic, the the strategy, You know, knowing that this is a do or die season, but you're still dealing with some guys who are getting acclimated to the organization, still some unknowns. There's still some experimentation that's going to take place. What can this team do to give uh, the Scotiabank division foes from last season, a different look and surprise some of the, the teams that they haven't seen in over a year and a half? Well, I mean, I think the first quarter of this year is sort of going to be sort of a settling in and a feeling out process when it comes to this roster. And they're going to need the core four to carry them uh, while they sort of get everything else in order. I mean, again, you know, you're going to see, you know, probably bunting on that second line with Tavares. You're probably going to see Richie on the top line with Matthews and Marner. What are you going to do with, you know, Alex Kerfoot should be the third line center, but there's talk about them wanting a shutdown line with the free agent addition, David Camp as the third line center. And if that's the case, then, you know, then Kerfoot moves to the wing or uh, either on that line or on one of the top two lines. And that, you know, that that's where like, where does, Ilya Mikheyev factor in where, you know, does, do, do they, uh, do they keep Nylander on a separate line? Um, what is the fourth line going to look like? Is it going to be more physical with Simmons and Curtis Gabriel, or is it going to be more of a skill line with an Andre Kasha? I mean, they have so many pieces. Do they sign Nikita Gusev who we haven't seen yet? Um, uh, defensively, we know more than likely Riley and Brody and, 
Muzzin and Hall are going to be the top two pairings. That means mm -hmm. the bottom pairing could be Sandine and Dermot, could be Sandine and Lilligren, could be Dermot and Lilligren. You don't know. But they're probably going to carry seven defensemen. And then the overarching question is the goaltending. You know, yeah. Jack Campbell repeat what he did last year. What does Peter Morazic bring? Yesterday, in the first game of the, pro the first game of the preseason, they didn't play either one of them. Mm -hmm. They played Michael Hutchinson, who's going to probably be with the Marlies or, or the third goalie. And <laughs> and speaking of a lifer, he's, the Leafs will never rid themselves of Michael Hutchinson. Well, they he's going to play some watch. He will play some big games yeah. this season. I know well, he will. Yeah. And, and, there. and, hey, and uh, Mike. Rick, Rick for um, Richie with Tavares and Marner and Bunting, Matthews and Nylander are my top two lines. Time to get Marner back with Tavares. That's probably I not still, I, I, yeah. I know there's that's a hope and a uh, and a dream and a prayer. It's, Matthew, wish it's, Matthew, it's Matthews and Marner. They're not. They're not. Yeah, I know. Unless they unless they go like ten games without scoring a point, they're keeping. Yeah, but they 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 won't. If 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 the playoffs were just a clusterfuck because yeah. those two guys couldn't get it together it was you knew that a great season was going to end in disaster because it was just totally leafy yeah and these guys pick up where they left off and continue the ascension of their careers Nylander or sorry Marner and Matthews will where they left off will will, will wear out the opposition again both of those guys if healthy will put up close to if not more 100 uh, 100 points in the season so other than people wanting to see Marner demoted because of his uh, disastrous playoff there's really no reason to split him and Matthews up they have been unbelievably successful Nylander we've seen him survive with guys like Nylander we've seen him play well on the power play we've seen him play with uh not necessarily scrubs, but players who are not at his status. Um, uh, and his fan base will say, oh, it's not fair. He should be playing with more elite players. He, he John Tavares is certainly elite and whomever else they can, uh, you know, put on the, on the other side uh, will con con contribute. Would he do well with Matthews? For sure. Would he do well with Marner? For sure. But at the end of the day, Matthews and Marner are a thing. And I, I know a lot of the people who, again, are pissed off with Marner and want him uh, sent to, you know, purgatory. Just going to have to deal with it the same way a lot of us are going to have to deal with, you know, of swallowing that failure and, and pushing forward day to day, believing in the teams, but knowing that what's happening right now isn't really that big a deal. It's what will happen in six or seven months. Um, but again, I, I don't, again, I don't want to belabor it. It's just, yeah. I just don't see those two guys getting split up. Last so, few words to you. Organizationally, the, 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 the Leafs looking at it is Marner finished in the top five in scoring and Matthews win, uh, won the rocket Richard together. They're not going to split them up. Uh, the one, the one thing regrettable from yesterday, and I, I hated to see this was Ian Scott, who is, you know, a very good prospect, but just can't stay healthy. And after, you know, he's played two games for the Marlies over the last three seasons, um, obviously with COVID and everything else that shut things down, but he's had recurrent uh, leg, hip, groin injuries. And he played, he made a couple nice saves last night, beginning the third period, and then suddenly skated to the bench and, la and left. And 
Uh, he hurt his groin again, according to Sheldon Keefe, and he's out long term. The Leafs are lucky. They brought in, you know, a, a guy from the KH or the SHL um, to go along with Joseph Wall and and Hutchinson. They they needed that organizational depth because I don't know, um, you know, based on all the injuries that Ian Scott has had over the last couple of years, whether it's just going to pan out. He just cannot seem to stay healthy, unfortunately. Bomber. Mike, uh, I guess it's a belated welcome back to Canada, uh, back in the Great White North for the first time in what over a year? Uh, nineteen, um, nineteen months. Well, I, I told this to some of the reporters and uh, uh, um, at the Ford Performance Center on Friday. Mm -hmm. The last time I was in Canada was for the David Ayers game, so February twenty second, twenty twenty, and I came over on the twenty fourth of September. So nineteen months. And the way, you know, the, it was, it was great. And I'm hoping that uh, very soon with capacities being increased at the Scotiabank arena and Rogers center, people, fans are getting back in and that's going to correspond to the number of media members that are allowed into games that I'll be able to cover games uh, this season, which will be great. Uh, you know, watching them on TV and yes. doing zoom interviews are not the same as being there and talking to people. So it was great. T Toronto has, the second most high-rise buildings in North America, but you know, despite the the cluster being so large, I can imagine you driving down the QEW and going, "What the f? Where did that building come from?" Well, like, it's just the, the growth. The growth is insane. So, it's been 19 months. You know what Toronto looked like. It looks it looks different now because the place continues to grow, and it's been doing it during the pandemic. Well, so there had to be a few things that you looked at and said that wasn't there when I left. Well, more, 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 uh, less the, the skyscrapers, because once there are 40, it's tough to notice 42 or 43. You know? I do. But you do. <laughs> I notice them all because I, like, I like but, but all buildings. For me, for me, for me, and, you know, anybody who comes up to QEW yeah. and knows, and I won't talk too long on this, there was an accident on the Burlington Skyway on Friday. So, of course, oh. that, 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 Put so, you know, I had to take an alternate route, which I have done many times because obviously and going down, I think, Mississauga Road uh, to get to Lakeshore to get to the Ford Performance Center. Mm -hmm. I noticed so many new builds on these sort of like side roads um, of, of, you know, they're, they're knocking down old houses and building mm -hmm. uh, building like uh, two million dollar uh, uh, houses and mansions. It's just, yeah, the, the, the urban sprawl of you know, yeah. it's just Oakville or not just Mississauga. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's sprawling out. It's, you know, um, but, but, you know, it's, it's a great, it's story. never ending, never ending. like our, our love and devotion to the Maple Leafs. Hey, you know, when crossing the Burlington Skyway, Skyway reminds me of the opening of the sitcom taxi when the taxi's driving across the Brooklyn bridge and Never mind. I'm, I'm telling you, go watch it and then drive across. Well, I, I, I used to work in Hamilton and I would cross it all the time and I'd feel like I was in the the opening of taxi. I've been outside of Canada so long, there's an extra stop on the go train. That's how long I've been. It's been. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Just real quick about the, the, the baseball race, seven games each for the Red Sox, Yankees and Blue Jays. Obviously, um, it's a wrap-up here with the Jays in Minnesota, Boston, New York, and then it's a, a crucial three-gamer between the Yankees and Blue Jays. 
Mm. I'm a Blue Jays guy. I grew up, the reason I went to play college and professional baseball is because of the Blue Jays, but I understand the game and I, I, I care for the game completely and I watch all these teams. I've never once said the Jays will make the playoffs. I was right. excited about the run they had. It happened a little too early and the pitching has come home to roost, at least the starting pitching. The hitting has kind of fizzled out a little bit, which is not a problem. You're not going to hit gangbusters for 40, 50 games to finish a season and run through a, a World Series. It just isn't going to happen. Are they out? Are, are the Blue Jays done? Are, will they not make the playoffs? No. However, they they have to go 6-1 and one here to, to finish it up because the Yankees look, again, for a team that still leaves a lot to be desired, they've gone through their hiccup and it looks like they've kind of found their feet and just in the nick of time to back into the playoffs. And that's all you really have to do. Well, they, the, the blue Jays have to sweep the Yankees. Now they're two games behind going into tonight's game. The Yankees play the Red Sox um, game, game, uh, the final game of that series. And uh, the uh, they'll know whether the blue Jays had beaten the twins by, by then, because it's an afternoon game. Mm -hmm. Right now, if, if things stay the way they are status quo, they're two games behind the, the Yankees mm -hmm. going into that series. They have to sweep them. And that's that's yeah. a, that's a tough – that's a that, yeah. it's impossible because uh, I saw the Blue Jays play the Yankees earlier the year, the year in Buffalo, and it was a nip-and-tuck battle. So it's oh. – but after well, – What are the odds? Yeah. No, what are the odds the, the Jays sweep them four straight in New York and then sweep them again – Three straight in Toronto. I mean, a game. Baseball is a stat game. I mean, projections. That that's that's a tough. That's that's tough for them to do. And even if Boston starts to sputter a little bit, the Yan to sweep the Yan you have to sweep or beat the Yankees thoroughly to catch Boston or beat the Yankees to catch the Yankees. They're 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 not out of it. Uh, but it no. feels like they've expended that that really uh, that mighty energy that got them back into the race a little too early, and that's just the, the way she goes. Um, however, I'm not anointing the Yankees or Boston no. uh, wild card recipients by any means. It may come down to the last big day of the season. Being a longtime Yankee fan, this team is the most schizophrenic of any any squad I've seen in years they, they can turn it on and turn it off they won 13 in a row and then lost 13 of 15 so you know they could sweep the red sox and be ahead in the first wild card and then lose all three to toronto and it's very possible so i i'm not taking anything for granted mm -hmm. well if you are a baseball fan enjoy the baseball we're all leaf supporters maple brothers and sisters so hey they're off to a flying start in terms of the preseason Let's continue uh, with the good vibes. Live in the moment. Uh, be excited or, or be upset about what happens. And then we, you know, put it behind us and see what happens next. That's really all we can do. And let's just see if we can keep harmony together and um, leave the acrimony uh, in, in a, a lockbox and, and, and not um, bring it out at any point during the season. Easier said than done, Mike. Have yourself a good one, my friend. Thanks, Norm.